0: We're back with another episode of our CS Blueprint. It's Wednesday. It is twelve thirty-four Eastern. Hello, Christy. How are you?
1: Hello, Jeff.
0: Uh, I think it's been. I'm going to guess like I think we've we've had to cancel like three weeks in a row, right? This is maybe like the first time in a month almost.
1: Yeah, I think we're like three or four weeks out. But I think you had vacation. Jay had some stuff. He had vacation. I had vacation. So I think that we are all hopefully refreshed. Yep. And I'm very excited about our topic today. So I think it's gonna be fun.
0: I am, uh, I'm pumped too. Yeah, we've also had some um, had some news, you know, that comes through from both sides of the coin. So uh, you were coming out and joining client success as their new VP of customer success. And I think you're one week into the job now. Is that right?
1: I'm in week two. This week is two. week two.
0: Week two in the role, which is really exciting. So we're pumped for you, obviously. Thank and you. then uh, we just came out yesterday. HireLogic had some great news about um, acquiring Vanilla, which is another community platform in the space. And it helps us further our mission to help our customers drive engagement with their communities and members uh, and customers. So we're pumped about that too. So we're also... Uh, We had vacation, but I feel like we also had some, uh, we had some work that was happening uh, in the background, you know?
1: Well, we definitely kept busy. Um, How excited are you to be my customer now?
0: Uh, I am, I'm (laughs) excited because I think there's uh, so many possibilities. I think we're both serving, I think we're both serving, you know, this customer success and B2B SaaS market, and we're coming at it from different angles, which I'm excited about because I think there's going to be so much like fun opportunity for us to keep this t- type of thing going in terms of our podcast, but like ideation and just serving the, the idea that customer success is, you know, becoming vital to uh, B2B SaaS organizations and driving retention and, and long-term growth. I think we're, it's cool because we're both, I think having that same mission, but coming at it from a different angle. So for me, I'm like, I'm super pumped. And now that we get to be your customer, we can, uh, we can see, you know how Christy works in terms of uh, dealing with her her clients. i'm I'm hopefully not going to be a thorny one, uh, and actually, you know, I'm excited to learn the platform. So how excited are you to get us as customers? That's a better I'm, question.
1: I'm excited for you to validate. All the stuff I've been putting out in the community yeah. as a customer, you can tell me if all of the things that I say work and create a good experience actually work and create a good experience. So I almost feel like you guys are my point of validation now to like make everything I've said like real for folks.
0: So. Yeah, I like it. That's that is uh, that's very true. Well, on the eve of, of uh, our announcement yesterday, it seems like a fitting topic to talk through. Um, you know, when you're when you are in customer success, uh, this does happen where um, there's consolidation in the market, there's acquisitions, there's mergers that are happening. Uh, there's also maybe the situation where a customer might go out of business, uh, and so there's kind of all a little bit of these scenarios that are that have been happening. And so uh, I think it'd be fun. I know you just put out a graphic here this morning as well, just talking through. You know, what does it mean? Um, when your customers are, are going through mergers and acquisitions, um, how do you become that trusted partner? How do you make sure and solidify that relationship? How do you make sure, you know, when those companies are are transitioning and coming together uh, that you're thought about in the right light and that you're positioning yourself in the in the best way possible. So uh, I know we've had some experience in some of our consulting days where we had some customers go through this. And I know, um, you know, in your roles, you've, you've obviously gone through this as well. So where do you start with that? Um, you know, you start thinking about mergers and acquisitions, um, you know, for you, is it, you know, does that really start again, kind of before that even happens with the relationship that we're building, with the experience that they've had? Uh, I'm clearly thinking that that's gonna be an area where you're just like, you know, you I, going into it, there has to be something there to work from.
1: Absolutely, right. So you, you kind of nailed it. It's, uh, if you're waiting till the MA occurs to get all your ducks in a row, you're very, very late, right? Like you're gonna yeah. miss the mark in a big way. So definitely listen, you, you've you gotta be prepared. Your journey and how you orchestrate it need to be top-notch. You need to be considering the experience and making sure that you are delivering value and delivering on those goals for your customers from day zero. Um, and so if you're waiting till any major event or milestone happens with your customer to react, you're in a reactive model. You are not in a proactive model, right? So let's just let's just establish that because even if you have a playbook and you're going to run it in time, if you've not done all the work beforehand, you know you're you're definitely behind in the situation. So, listen. That said, what I've always done is the first time you hear about it, you've got to go understand what the detail, like what's happening. So yeah. I'm big on research. So before you even start to have a conversation with your customer, understanding all the elements of what it is, right? Because a merger is not the same as an acquisition. It's not the same as a company being dissolved, right? Like there's so many things that can kind of be labeled under the M&A bucket. But if you're going to best support your customer and drive your business forward, you have to understand all of it, right? So like who's acquiring who? What's happening? What is the news saying? Go just do as much research as you can. Um, What I have found to be true is if you're learning about it super early, there just might not be a lot of information. So you're kind of flying blind, unfortunately. And in a lot of companies where they are larger, M&A takes a long time right? Like even, even once you've agreed on it and you've signed the paper, you might not have any changes or anything material to discuss for months, weeks, years, right? So that's where I started is just kind of doing your homework. What are your thoughts?
0: Yeah, I agree. No, and especially your point about the, um, you know, the fact that this might not happen for a while, like the thought that comes to my mind right now is um, Salesforce bought Slack, two public companies. So this is an extreme example, but two public companies. And um, that acquisition was announced, I think, towards the middle of last year and it's still not complete. We're almost in the middle of this year. So it's going to be maybe at least 12 months before that thing's, you know, complete. So imagine being, you know, uh, a Slack vendor, you're kind of sitting here for this entire year. And like you said, like there's uh, a ton of research that you mean you can be doing about uh, about that. The other thing that I like to think about too, you know, you mentioned um, if you hear about it early, then there might not be a lot of information. And so I like to think about a couple other things as well, which is uh, going to, even research the market more heavily. So looking at things like G two Crowd or if there's a Gartner report that's out there, like what, why would they be doing this, right? Like what are what are some of the factors that you could start just discerning yourself if you start looking at some of the information that the CEOs or the other you know acquiring company might be looking at. Um, so I think even just like going beyond the surface level of like, uh, hey, what's happening in the news? Hey, what's happening on the LinkedIn? What's the you know what's the actual public announcement look like? Like what are some of the other ways that you can get. Um, information about, you know, why they might be doing this and kind of the uh, behind the scenes look. Another one is um, utilizing something like a Crunchbase or PitchBook, which Mm -hmm. uh, typically has, you know, funding information and or uh, can give some more details just about uh, revenue history or other players like in the company. So um, just trying to leverage some websites like that, that maybe aren't something that you utilize on a daily basis. uh, So trying to go outside of your, your sweet spot. So I agree with that. Um, a lot. The second point you put on here too, which I think is kind of. Whoa, whoa, whoa.
1: nice. Wait, before whoa. we go there, I want to lay, label two more additional resources you can go into. If they are a public company, go back and listening to previous quarterly earnings reports. You'll hear thematic things that might indicate certain things might happen. You might get some insight into that as well as 10K reports. So yep. if it's a public company, leverage all that information that's available, right? The investor section of their site would probably have a ton because they have to share that information. So they have to put it out there, go use it to your advantage. I'm telling you, like, go back a couple quarters because especially a big MA. It's not happening. It's not like it just started right before you heard about it, right? Like yeah. this is probably like a year in the making. If you think about all, maybe longer, right? All the research they have to do, what what they're looking at, how they're evaluating the market. So go back and listen to the those conversations. Most of them are pre recorded and live on a site again for public companies. So just I think going back and using that as a resource also.
0: Yeah, uh, no, I'm I'm huge on that. I always love to do that too. I've I've told people if you're going to um, interview for jobs to do that uh like go look at public companies search for 10ks Uh, even if it's not the company you're applying for like they still have a ton of market information in there or themes that are happening that you can kind of pick out um so yeah i think it's a good one what's your second one
1: i think i kind of just combined them i think it was Uh, more like the quarterly earnings and then the 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 recorded calls and then the oh
0: yeah 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 well yeah no and i think it's true like the other um The other thing that I've always tried to go do as well is just YouTube as many recordings as possible of like the recent executives. And and now it might be a little harder um, because there's not necessarily a lot of conferences or things that are happening where they might be speaking, but like what webinars they've been on recently, like just where have they been publicly? Like that is such a good, I mean, to your point, like they're going to talk about things that are, even if you're not going to learn about the specific acquisition. You're learning about the acquiring company. Hopefully, that is saying, "Oh, they care about X," or they're talking about Y a lot, or you know, Z is happening. So, um, so yeah, I agree. Doing as much um, research as possible. And actually, I just um, I just found out this search technique that you can use on Google. So you know how Google Sheets and um, like Docs and all that kind of stuff is technically. Like if you open up to the public, like you can, you can search for those things. So I just found a search. I'll share it with you later. Um, But I just found a search where you can actually search all the public, like Google Docs that are out there and Google Sheets and all this kind of stuff. So um I've had like some guys show me recently, you can look up like, Uh, somebody had a list of all the VCs that are out there. And it's just like in this nice Google sheet with all this information already added. And it was just a public Google sheet that was out there. And so there's like this way that you can also get uh, information. So maybe that's a way to to look at, you know, where, where's your company listed in some of these uh, public documents, you know, that are available. So um, just another, another technique I just found recently.
1: I love that.
0: Um, Well, yeah, you mentioned opportunity assessment. And I think, You know, to me, as that next step, and to me, I think about it as like two ways to look at that opportunity assessment. One is like the direct opportunity of like, okay, who's the acquiring company? Are they a current customer of ours? Uh, Do we have a current contact? Do they have a similar platform to what our thing does? Like, understanding what is that kind of direct correlation. Um, and making sure that we understand what that is and starting to to connect the dots there. I think the second one that I think about too is just the larger market opportunity that exists In in why is this happening? What does this mean for the larger market as well, right? So if if this acquisition is happening between two companies or merger, um, what's happening to the other five players in the market? And so how do I I help our company, uh, maybe from a sales perspective, set up, hey, I'm learning about this acquisition and I'm seeing this, here's five of the other competitors or here's five of the other players that are in the space. And what do we do about these, you know, as a market opportunity now, do we go after them or maybe they, you know, they weren't on our list before or should they be now? But I just think don't take um, I would say don't take for granted that everyone is, is always like, is thinking that way or thinking about the opportunity the same way you are. So like just be vocal in your company of saying, Hey, here's the total market here's what's happening between the two, uh, acquired companies, go work with the sales reps, you know, to do that, but then also making sure to present kind of the market opportunity. So I don't know if you if you think about it that way too, kind of like two opportunities to make sure that we're thinking about, but that's the way I kind of took your, your opportunity assessment um, as you laid it out in your steps.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it, 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 it could be as big as the scope as you guys want to make it as a company, right? Like if it makes sense and those other competitive companies are fit in your ICP, definitely go and explore it. I'm big on staying true to your ICP. So if they don't make sense, understand their behaviors and other solutions that they're using, things like that, because there could be a rippling effect. But definitely before I'm starting to pursue anything, I want to be a little bit more targeted. Um, But yeah, absolutely. Listen, you have to understand the opportunity and risk with your existing customer. You have to understand the opportunity and risk with any potential acquiring or merging company. Um, I love hopefully... Many people have the ability to go dig into their CRM and understand that, but I can tell you, I've uncovered a wealth of information because many times the either acquiring company or the company that was acquired or whatever the case may be, the one that's not our customer today, we've tried to, to get them to be a customer, right? So you'll find a lot of information from them as a prospect, right? And ultimately why they didn't move forward with your solution might have a wealth of data as well. So maybe you start to uncover like what solution they are using. That way you can start to get ahead of some risk and conversations, anchor on differentiators as you're talking to your customer, right? Like there's a lot of strategies and levers you can pull with that insight. So I think, listen, if the salesperson is still there. Um definitely go partner with them, go understand what those conversations look like. Go back listen to any gong recordings with that call, right? Go like really do your due diligence. Don't don't just take what's in writing as law. Like really spend the time to understand what happened, why aren't they a customer? Why aren't they a customer yet? Um and really use that advantageously to d- decide and determine like what your next steps and paths should be. But that's big, right? I can tell you like we over the past decade in customer success, I've definitely worked in companies where I myself or my team have missed the mark on doing that due diligence and, you know, definitely kind of like shoe in your mouth, like just, de- oh God, why? Oh, we missed that. Um, So just be smart about it, right? Like you've got a ton of information, use it.
0: And I think too, when I think about those first two steps, like you mentioned, right, that's not even talking to the customer yet. So this is all Correct. internal research. This is all, and I think too, when you think about that, like how are you coordinating that and just making it easier for your teams, right? So how do you put it into the right fold? How do you have a folder that has all this stuff? How do you share it with your teams appropriately? But just, I just can't stress enough, like how, um, as you're, you know, as you look at like your leaders and the, lead, the executive team in your company, like how much they will appreciate if you come to them and say, hey, I've already got this file started. It's got these five documents. Uh, I named it this way for a reason. You can go through and search for certain things, hey, I wasn't able to go research this. Can you go do research this for me? Like use that to your advantage. But I think just making it as easy as possible to present that information internally um, is going to go such a long way. When you start thinking about that, we just talked about how the first two steps are all just internal research and research yourself, like anything you can find on Google. So um, I would say take that advantage too.
1: I love that. Right. How you package it up to have that internal dialogue with the account team, right, which your your team is going to include your executives and other key players in your business. It's not just the CS team, right? You include everybody, right, and your executives in particular, because at that level, they might have purview and insights into things much bigger and broader than you do, right? They're here in behind-the-door conversations, so hopefully they can lean in with that. But I love the point that you make, because I like to be super organized, um, is put it all together, right? And I think even as a CSM, if you are proactively preparing all that information in a way that can be easily consumed by your peers and stakeholders internally, it'll go a long way, right? It really shows that you've got command over the situation and that you can help them properly navigate it. So I think if you're a CSM, it's a huge opportunity for you to for you to lead from the front and really show your ability to command that audience.
0: Yeah. It's a huge I, that's such a good point too about how that that really is like a a skill and a um for you, it's a, an actual like responsibility that you're taking on accountability that you're showing. And so it's like, hey, the next time an opportunity comes up or maybe it's something that, you know, you are you can actually be looked at in such a positive light for taking advantage of this, this opportunity um, in a big way. So you, you kind of put next here too is the discuss with the customer. Um, and so I think the first thing that comes to mind for me uh, as you start thinking about engaging the customer is uh, I always like to say, like, don't assume, right? Like the assumption might be, oh my gosh, this is great for everything I read, right? Everything is going to sound great and rosy when you read it in the news, right? That's what it, that's what it's meant to, meant to do. But like, don't assume that your day-to-day contact is going to feel the same way about that or feels the same way about the acquisition. So I think you have to go in with this mindset of um, a little bit of like reserved of, you know, of trying to feel out, how are they feeling about it? What are they, you know, hey, heard about the news, um, you know, looks like this is a great opportunity for your companies and then see how they react. Or, you know, you get on the phone, if they're really pumped about it, then, you know, you, you can react in that way. But I just think like sh- making sure that you're showing empathy to that person specifically, if it's your day-to-day contact, because you don't know how they feel about it. You don't know if, if they're going to get, uh, you know, if something's going to happen in this acquisition that they already know about. And so maybe uh, they might have to move on from the, from the organization or, you know, the responsibility is going to move over to another person. So they're kind of losing uh maybe some responsibility that they had so i think there's just to me a lot of uncertainty and you have to kind of approach with this um, this ability to kind of look at look at it from uh, an empathetic light to begin with and then kind of feel your way around that at least the initial part of that conversation
1: jeff as it's as if you read my linkedin post right like so i, I put out these steps but the first thing i said is like to your point right don't assume we don't know if this is good news or bad news and i'll tell you like people When you're cutting back and scaling and adjusting budgets, people are sometimes the first thing to go. And so your main point of contact might be feeling very uneasy about their security through this entire change. For some folks, it's super exciting. Sky's the limit. There's a ton of opportunity and potential. And for others, it's just not the same case. So what I've always said is that initial conversation, maybe park your agenda entirely, right? Like don't even go in with an agenda. Maybe it is to your point, right? Like we're just going to go in and, and feel it out. Is this a celebratory you know, a uh, milestone or is this something that, you know, people aren't feeling really good about? And so it'll help you navigate it effectively. We talk about CSM's needing to be empathetic to situations. This is a great time to demonstrate your ability to be empathetic. So go in there with just an open, open ear, open heart, and just kind of really connect with the individual, right? If it's happy, celebrate it big. If it's not, help them navigate it, right? And if you've yeah. done your job as a CSM, right, and something does happen that's not great, if they've been a champion, it's a great opportunity for you to find them a new home in, a, in another solution, right? So, like, there's a lot of avenues this could go down if you play it right.
0: Yeah, and I think, too, like, um, thinking, like you said, like, thinking about, I, I've always tried to approach those conversations, too, as singular one-offs before there's a bigger discussion. So, like, if I have a great relationship with my day-to-day contacts, then I'm going to do, just like you said, I'm going to do that where I'm going to reach out to them, text them, call them, uh, do a quick email, try and feel that out. If I have others in the organization that have relationships, like we want that to happen too. Like, hey, if you have a one-to-one relationship, like I need you to kind of leverage that, feel it out right now, see what's happening. And then I think that's where you come back together again with that, that account team, like you said, right? It's really more... This becomes less about the CSM managing this, and it's more, hey, we're bringing together this account team. We've got all this internal research. We had some one-on-one conversations. Here's what we're feeling out and hearing. Okay, what should the next meeting be? Right? What should that EBR look like? And how do we really start to get to the new team? How do we start to bring that EBR so that we're actually bringing value and talking about what's going to you know matter to this joint company or uh, this merger acquisition that's happening? But I think those that one-to-one conversation to me, I think sometimes gets overlooked. I think people are too quick to say oh my gosh, this happened. Let's get everybody on the phone. Let's get into a big meeting. Let's let's do it. And then again, you're kind of going there with this agenda and you haven't really felt out, okay, is this a positive celebratory or is this a negative situation or what's going to happen? And then you get into this meeting and then it's just hijacked because you don't know which direction it's going to go. And it just seems like a waste of time. So I think there's, um, Jay always talks about this, right? There has to be a meeting before the meeting. Like you need to have a little bit of that meeting ahead of time to kind of set yourself up. the. The next two steps you talk about, right? Are, are we getting introduced to the right people at the new organization? How do we start establishing relationships early? And then how do we have that quick that quick uh, EBR where it's like, this is, you know, hey, we're, we're bringing value to the table right from day one. So how do you set yourself, set yourself up to do that? Uh, so to me, that, that's why I think those one-to-one conversations become so important.
1: Absolutely. And I mean, you, you nailed it, right? Like you, all those conversations are sequenced. If they're sequenced the right way, they're going to help you be more successful. So you've got to execute it correctly. Um, getting access to the new team is huge. Keep putting the asks out there. Hopefully the team will be able to facilitate those. But a lot of times when you're going through MA, they don't even know who that new team is, right? So again, don't make this, the assumptions that they are being blockers or they're not willing or able to help you. They just don't know. So just be cautious about how you proceed. Um, make sure that you're just very clear in your intention. Um one thing you did hit on, which I also want to just emphasize, you talked about like your agenda. Well that's the whole key point of the trust equation, right? Self-orientation. Put your agenda aside for a second. Don't let your customer feel your agenda or your intent, regardless of how panicked you are about what this means to you and your business. Yeah. For a minute, for a minute make it not about you. Yeah. Um, and then that will go a long way.
0: That was a good catch. Cause it should be right about uh if you're having the right one-to-one conversations, then you already you can start to shape like what, what the needs are of their business. Right. Um, And like you said, like, how do you start getting into the, uh, what are they going through? What are the things that they're going to need? How do you make it as easy and effective as possible? Right. Even I even think about things like, um, you know, we, I've gone through a number of acquisitions before and it's like, okay, we're combining our CRMs. We're combining all this marketing material, like marketing we're combining Microsoft or whatever, you know, all these tools are being combined. So it's like, you're, you are one on a list of, 50 tools that have to be migrated over. And so even just thinking at it from that perspective of saying, okay, what do I know that their IT teams are going to need in the future? What do I need? Like, what do we know? And so it's almost like starting to come up with, how do you just bring that to the table or at least have that prepared? You don't have to bring that to the first meeting, but like how do you start preparing that stuff so that at the flick of a switch, you can be that vendor. That's like, Hey, I'm, I'm so easy to do business with because I've already got this stuff for you. I'm I'm here at the ready when you need it. Um, Instead of being, Hey, yeah, let me go talk to our team and figure out what I need to get you. And then right. And then it becomes this back and forth. And weeks later, right? So how do you how do you start expediting some of those things and thinking ahead of time of like, they're gonna do this like 50 times? How do I just start getting ahead of all the questions that they're gonna be asking in terms of the that actual transition or migration over? Um, and how do we do that? So I think that's another big piece that I, I think about too.
1: Create a folder, put your contract in it, put any EBR decks that you have in there, any, any things about your product that's going to help them do a competitive analysis. Because again, I'm sure it's going to go to procurement. Legal is going to want to see things. It's not it's not just your team. And just remember that there's going to be a lot of folks involved. So again, to your point, customer experience doesn't start and end with the customer success team. It's kind of a well-rounded experience across everybody that they have interactions with. To your point, make it easy to do business with.
0: Yeah, um, I think we've only got two minutes. I'm gonna leave with like one thing that I've always um, thought about or appreciated as well, which is, let's okay, let's say you get through kind of the first, I think five steps we talked about, right? So you've done the upfront research, you've had the right one-on-one conversations, you've, you're meeting the new team, you're kind of coming into that first, we'll call it EBR type conversation with that combined team. So you've got the old team, the new team coming together, you're coming to the table and you're providing value right from day one. One thing I always think about is um, obviously at that point, you've probably already set an agenda. You've got a deck, right? You've got all the stuff material prepared to me. Um, yes. That's great stuff to send out ahead of time, but also think about this. They've been in this acquisition. They're doing a hundred things, so many things going on. Um, right. So how do you, how do you think about getting that down into one slide? How do I get that into one slide that I can send them ahead right but the day before the meeting? How can I send them one slide that basically goes into to what I think of as like free things, which is, who are we, and what do we do for you? What are the results that we've driven up until now? And then, what do we, you know, understanding what we know about this merger and acquisition, like what are what do we think is the right next steps to be taking? And I think if you can boil it down into that into one slide, I think that goes a long way with um, executives and, and other teams who are coming to the call and just wanting that quick hit information. And then you can walk through your deck, right? All that stuff is great for the call, and you can go through into a conversation. But I just think like boiling it down into one slide to me, sometimes is just so, so nice. And again, effective and easy to do business with where it's like, Oh, now I understand what they do. I understand what results they've driven recently. And I understand their perspective on, you know, what's going to happen next. Um, and so I just think about that a lot. I've appreciated that when, when reps do it, uh, in some of the acquisitions that I've gone through.
1: I love that. I think it's such an important point. Um, all right. Well, with this last minute, I think the only other thing I'm going to leave everyone with is this is not going to be an overnight thing. This isn't a playbook that you can run and execute in two weeks. You're going to have to manage through the change that risk or that opportunity is going to be looming. You've got to be comfortable with the fact that that is, and it's going to be something you're going to have to stay very close to until it's complete. And guess what, guys? It's never going to be complete. There's always going to be some elements of it that'll continue and nuances for a while. So just stick with it. Um, Make sure you're managing it effectively and try not to do it alone would be my advice.
0: Yeah, I no better way to end. Don't do it alone. There's a team there, but you know, take, take accountability and responsibility, but don't do it alone. I think is just the, the message there. So, all right. Well, Christy, it was fun to do it again. Uh, glad we're going to get back on a regular cadence. Hopefully, uh, excited you're at client success and excited. We're a customer now, uh, after our acquisition. So we'll, um, we'll talk to you again next week.
1: Awesome. Thanks Jeff. Talk soon.